Bartleby is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness because we are the culture. Welcome to Bukaka, y'all. Yo, what up, what up, what up, everybody here on Spawn on Me land, everybody in Chicago. I hope you're all doing well. This is the Spawn on Me podcast with Khalif Adams. I'm your host, Khalif Adams, rocking with you this week and every week on our show. We are getting it in. We have a fantastic episode. If you missed last week's episode with the voice of Chicago, Eli Harris, you missed a banger of an episode because you just messed up. We talked about everything from being black in the VO space to talking about how hard it is to continue to find good work in the space. How do you continue to do that work at a high level? All those wonderful things that we got a chance to talk about. So you, if you got a chance to miss that, please go check out the vibe. Go check out the YouTube video. It is on youtube.com slash spawn on me in our feeds over there. It is also in our podcast feed. So make sure you're listening to all the shows when they go live on Friday mornings around 6 a.m., in the EST part of the world. In the PST, that's nine o'clock. I know how to tell time because that's the way time works. Uh, again, thank you to everybody here in Twitch land for coming through and rocking with us. We had a lot of fun on Xcast this week talking about uh, Battlefield. We're going to talk a little bit about more of that this week on our show with our guest. Uh, we have lots of cool people uh, rolling through. Again, if you are not following the show, Subscribe in all the wonderful places. Give us a five-star review. Tell your mama how much you like it. Tell, her, tell your aunties how much you like it. Because we got the auntie smasher, the auntie smasher on the show right now. He's about to come through in one second. So he's about to make it hot. Uh, shout out to JG the Don Time to unfollow so he can unfollow and then follow again. That's real love is when you go and you make sure that you take numbers away from black content creators and then give it back. It's like reparations, but in reverse. That's the way it winds up working. It's pretty good. It's pretty dope. This week, we have a very, very fun show. Somebody who I really admire, somebody who I really think is brilliant at what they do. One of the folks I think is kind of the future of this space, uh, while also being someone who has been doing this work for a very, very long time. We got to give a big shout out and welcome to the dude, the black Hokage coming through this week, rocking from the gaming Illuminati squad. Shout out to this man. What the deal be brother, black Hokage. How's things fam? How you been? You know what time it is. Young Hokage, young, rich and handsome. So your daughter trying to hold me for ransom. What's cracking with you? Bro? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Yo, I am so excited to have you on. Uh, we had a good conversation. Uh, I think, you know, we met some years ago at a Far Cry event from Ubisoft. Uh, we game got a chance to sucked. What happened? That game sucked. <laughs> Wasn't that Primal? <laughs> <laughs> that was the that was the America one. That was the America Far Cry when he was doing. Well, the that one. one wasn't very good either. <laughs> dude with the with the dude came through on a helicopter came through and was blessing us with holy water from the helicopter. It was wild, wild shit that day for sure. Um, we got a chance to chop it up then. And I, I mean, I have been a fan of your work for a very long time. You've been in this space for a while. Um, and, and getting a chance to meet you was really dope because I was like, okay, this guy is super down to earth, really, really knows his shit. Uh, and is also kind of just like pushing content forward in a really smart way. Um, give the folks at home a little bit of info about the work that you do in the space, where you started, and, and how you became the Auntie Slayer of all Auntie Slayer. 
All right, bet, bet, bet. So, Black Hokage, that's what I go by online. Originally, my name was Modern War Negro, uh, and I came into the space because I found that when gaming creation first started, really when I first noticed it on YouTube, this is way back. I'm a dinosaur. Uh, this is way <laughs> back in like 2011 or something like that. I've been doing my first channel was actually 07, but gaming, I made my channel 2012. But like 2011, I noticed there wasn't really any like black faces. So I was like, you know, I wanted to create content for people who look like me because I was like, I want to make something that I personally would watch and I wasn't seeing it. It was kind of like the same kind of generic corny dudes. Uh, so I started making a bunch of content and I mean, I do everything from game reviews to podcasts. I came up from talking shit in Call of Duty lobbies, trolling racist people, basically. Um, anything that I wanted to make, that's what I made. I used to do voiceovers, too. These days, though, I kind of, I've kind of shifted my focus because a lot of those things don't, even like game reviews, they don't even really interest me as much anymore. Uh, these days, I kind of position myself to being like everybody's big brother because mm. that's kind of what everybody kind of calls me now that I'm older. Because when I came in the game, I was 17. I'm 30 now. Uh, <laughs> wow. That's just that. That's to give perspective for all the people out there that uh, say that they don't have what they want and they've only been doing content creation for like a year or two. I've been doing it for almost 15 years now. Um, wow. Yeah, and I'm just now starting to get noticed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. but that being said yeah i kind of kind of switched gears and i've been trying to position myself to i still do my gaming stuff but if you come through to the streams a lot of times i talk about life as well as i joke about other things uh it's, it's a blessing i get paid to be myself i ain't complaining it's one of the things that i've found that i i love about your work because i've i've been rocking with you since the modern war, modern war negro days um, and remembering that content and remembering hearing you very recently talk about, you know, you switching that up and changing the way you kind of do that work and, and deciding to kind of not necessarily re you, it is a rebrand in a, in a certain way of rebranding yourself and reacclimating to, to the space. What was the first thing that kind of made you want to decide to make that, to make that switch? Was it a feeling of you know, feeling like that content wasn't necessarily fully you? Was it feeling like the content that you wind up doing or wanted to do was being pigeonholed by not only, you know, the name of a channel or the, the vibe of a channel? Do you feel like the change that has come about is because of a wanting to just regrow or rebrand in that way? Or was it because of some things that you didn't feel were actually really benefiting you in the previous kind of stuff? Honest answer, it's it's a handful of things, but the main thing, I'm not gonna lie to y'all, it's money, bro. Uh, <laughs> I, I did not I did not get into content creation too. Like it's a blessing to have a community and have people support you, of course. Yeah. But like I got into this early on thinking that like, all right, this space has not been filled by somebody who looks like me. If I can make something dope. At the time when I came into YouTube, there was no money involved. This is before the partner program even existed. And this mm. is before Twitch even existed. Mm -hmm. But I knew if I invested my time and I could build some type of audience, have some type of numbers, I could use that to leverage it with brands. And then eventually I knew somewhere. It was a long-term investment, a long-term play that's starting to finally pay off. So yeah. I'm not going to lie. I got into this shit for money. I do enjoy it because, I mean, I've always, I was class clown in high school and like in the yearbook. I do genuinely enjoy it. Uh, entertaining people but yeah. like money is kind of what motivated me in terms of the rebrand uh i was building a following but i remember i don't know if you remember like are mcn still a thing on youtube yeah not not as much from what i can tell but so, I, I know what you i know what you're talking about yeah yeah i was signed to maker studios they don't exist anymore oh, they used yeah. to be under disney and my channel manager at the time he had called me and he was like look he's like i've been talking to some brands and he's like 
they mess with you. You got the numbers. Your content is great. But they was like, we can't fuck with you because your name is Modern War Negro. And like that was the first time I had like the, you know, the, yeah. the light bulb went off. I'm like, all right, bro. Do I want to keep this name and try to keep my like, I don't know, street credibility to appease black folks? Or do I want to achieve my goal, which is financial freedom? Right. So it's like all about finding that happy medium. So like right then and there, I was like, he was like, is there anything else you can call yourself? And the thing that I used to always call myself, if you go back and watch my old videos, my intro used to be, my name is Modern War Negro, a.k.a. NWN, a.k.a. The Black Okage, because I was in the anime. I was like, I'm just going to call myself The Black Okage. I've been saying it in videos. Um, so I rebranded because... and. It was rough at first, but I'm glad I listened to that dude because uh, it's uh, it's you you know why it's about to pay off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the beauty of it is again, like it is very rare to see folks have that epiphany and actually make the changes to do that work because, like, the thing that I've always appreciated about you in this space is that you're one of the most prolific content creators I've seen in in circles that I that I know and can touch, right? It's like I look at notifications and you know, again, the hit the bell to see notifications, all that kind of shit. I see your stuff pop up multiple times a day to be like, TBH got a new video out. TBH got a new video out. There's a new joint that just popped up. And there are very few people who I know who have been doing this work for this long who have been so consistent in kind of doing the work in the way that you've done it. How has it been that you've been able to be this consistent? Because that shit is super hard to be able to do that. And not just in a YouTube format. Like anytime I see you now, it's on YouTube. It's on TikTok. It's on IG. Like you're pushing out so much content that it makes me feel bad about myself, (laughs) but in a good way, because it's fantastic. It's dope to see people be able to do that. How have you been so consistent at pushing out content that's been of such high quality? So two things. Uh, I think I have a strong foundation. Uh, My father was in the military. Mm. So like I was, I have vivid memories of even just being three, four years old, washing the wall, washing the car, Mm. cleaning up around the house. Like work ethic was instilled in me early, early on. And I'm glad it was. I used to hate that shit when I was a kid, but I'm glad it was because now that I'm older, I see how lazy people are. So I had that early on work ethic installed. But then also, I genuinely do love, don't get it twisted. I like making money, but I genuinely do love what I do. So there are days where it does feel like work, but for the most part, it doesn't really feel like work, I would say like 90% of the time. Because like I said, like I literally was class clown in high school. Like I genuinely enjoy making people laugh, sharing knowledge. I'm the type of person who goes to like the 30th page on Google. I get curious (laughs) when I'm on the toilet. Like just, I'm curious about everything. And then I'm able to bring that into the conversation when I'm creating content on YouTube and Twitch. So I genuinely enjoy making people smile. Uh, I, I appreciate when I get messages from like, soldiers overseas who are doing tours saying that hey you helped me get through my tour like that stuff it keeps me motivated man like i it's like i'm not trying to take shots at people but it's like i i feel like a lot of people complain because they don't genuinely enjoy this they see how popular people got from this stuff people who invested early on and they want that for themselves but they don't enjoy the actual content creation side of things like and you know the crazy part is like you sit there i just got an editor and the content hasn't even uh began rolling out. And the only reason I got an editor yeah. was because I need it because I'm about to become busy. I'm about to have something else going on for myself, but I don't want to give up my platforms. But before like this year, I've never had an editor. I've never had anybody managing any of my social media platforms. I get up and I get it myself. That's wild. 
because uh, I know how much you push out and you push out a lot of stuff. Um, and it feels like that's a thing that, you know, knowing that you've been doing this work for 15 years plus and seeing the differences in the way that work wind up having to get done before back in the day and now where there is that need to be on multiple different platforms and to be on multiple different places. What's the what's the biggest change that you've seen from your own personal perspective that is kind of been able to make this work not only still viable in the way that you've done it, but also keeping you motivated to continue to do it. I know money, of course, is a part of that conversation, but you know, you talk about you love doing this work. You like doing this work. What's the thing that keeps you kind of in that space motivated while and seeing that you have to do so much more now to continue to kind of keep your stature where, where it winds up being? Um, I don't want to go back to working a nine to five. I, I was a teacher before this and I worked several other odd jobs. I worked in a gym, grocery store, mowing grass, raking leaves, shoveling snow, anything yeah. I, you I, you name it, I've done it. Um, I've actually passed out on my job being when I was a preschool teacher. So it was like, yeah. I know what it's like to have a nine to five. So like, I, I'm not trying to go back to that. So like, I'm always just like running, running, <laughs> running, trying to keep up uh, with what's going on. But I will say one thing that I noticed that's changed is before when I first started content creation, I used to be sitting down editing and like, I would spend like an average video would be like eight to 12 hours editing. Yeah. Uh, I, the longest I've spent is maybe 72 hours on a solo video, but like I, it didn't matter. It didn't bother me because I used to be editing. I used to sit down and be like, this shit gonna go viral. Like I just knew it. The difference now is there's so much competition. Like it's kind of like, eh, just put something out. But then also I don't feel like a lot of times the audience appreciates things as much anymore. Mm. We, um, we got sensory overload. Like when I first started, uh, you could you, three videos a week was a lot. Yeah. Uh, now you got people putting out two, three videos a day and that's yeah. on multiple platforms. Um, so I think we're in a point where we're, we're like sensory overload. People don't, and it's not, it's not malicious, but I don't think people appreciate it anymore because the world is moving so much faster than when I first came in the game. But, um, I've seen a lot of people kind of, you know, get Thanos snapped because they wanted to complain about X, Y, and Z, but I just never complained and I adapted because I mean, that, that, that's something that doesn't apply in content creation, but implies in life period. You either, you either adapt or die. I I'm, I'm happy to hear you talk about the, the like sensory overload part. Cause I feel like even at this point, sometimes it feels like there's too much out there in the world. Like it feels like there's too much content feels like people are saying the same thing. People are kind of riffing off each other in ways that, you know, don't even feel um, like they're bringing anything new to the conversation. One of the things I've loved about the work you do is that you've done multiple versions of stuff. You've done kind of the Mimi videos in the beginning of your career. And now you talked about, you know, just having a lot of sit down conversations with your audience in a way that feels more, um, connected and also kind of more you know to a certain extent a little bit more vulnerable you have to give up more of yourself to kind of do that do that work how have you kind of kept that boundary really you know good for you and the work that you do um i just go how i feel that day i don't overthink anything uh <laughs> as long as long as it's genuine and like that's who i am um, that's the only thing that matters to me, but I don't, I don't sit there and overthink anything. I think that's actually one of the biggest problems with people in terms of content creation. They sit there and try to make everything perfect. Dude, I, I trip on stream. I stumble <laughs> over them. I slur my words a lot. Um, 
I just laugh at the shit, bro. Like, whatever. Like, <laughs> I think of it like, there's times where, like, something will happen on stream, and I'll be like, oh, that's going to be a clip, and then it's just going to go viral on Instagram. Like, I don't overthink trying to be perfect or trying to present, like, a certain image. The only thing I think about is just trying to be a genuine person. Yeah, yeah. One of the one of the other parts that I, that I think has been really interesting is that you not only do the work solo, but you roll with a crew in, in, in gaming Illuminati, which I think is again, one of the dopest crews on, on the planet. Y'all, y'all GI versus everybody is a real thing, uh, in, in the ways you all kind of work. What's it been like to kind of work while also doing solo work in that way, but also kind of bigging up and, and, and moving with a crew like that. Cause y'all roll deep and y'all roll strong. Like y'all have a fantastic community that is very, very loyal to the work you've done. How have you all kind of figured out ways to grow that in that way while also each individually having kind of separate workflows and ways you all kind of come together? We, uh, we regulate certain rules to like people like we have like an annual meeting like every year like in discord be like all right these are our goals we're gonna do x y and z you do this you do that and like our goal i guess was to kind of be like the avengers of like gaming creators um and then like i, I wanted to manifest something like that anyway like uh like years ago almost 10 years ago i had put out a tweet saying that i wanted to put together a collective of people of color to uh Put more representation in gaming basically and my goal was to put more black people on we got a dominican and a mexican now but you know still people <laughs> <in> color, <right? laughs> um but i wanted i always wanted the focus to be the content us having a good time sharing our experiences and almost making it like a barbershop exper uh, experience i didn't want to get involved in any type of genre i always just wanted our work to speak for ourselves but I, that's the main thing communication um i think in the content creation space, you have a lot of people who collaborate, but they don't have genuine connections with people. Yeah. No, like I went to J I went to JG's wedding. Like, uh, yeah. so like, yeah, we've we've hung out in real life. It's uh, and whenever there's a problem, you, you keep it internal and just communicate uh, is the key. I think. Shout out! We got we got some of the the GI members in the chat right now. Shout out to JG Ab. Uh, I see, I see Nomad in there too. A lot a lot of dope folks in in the chat right now. Um, it is it is also really really cool to see. Like you said, that there is this space where having this collaborative effort be a thing also feels like at this moment in time that you don't see a lot of crews kind of like growing together in that way. Is is how have you all tried to figure out ways to keep egos out of it? Because I think that's a big part of what breaks crews up is like people get too big for the for their britches, people get too too hyped about themselves. But you all are super down to earth and have all tried to figure out ways to kind of keep that in, in a good space. How have you kind of continued to do that as a crew? Uh, two things. I think, A, us, when we came in the game, that helped. Like I said, there was no money involved when we came into the game. Yeah. It was it was kind of like when this is before even Discord existed. I think we were in I think we were in Mumble, which was kind of like team. Oh, wow. I uh, heard Mumble. Yeah. shit. And they, we were just like in mumble and it's like, yo, you want to start a, start a podcast? It was like, all right, well, let's do it. But like, we generally just used to play games together. So like, that was kind of already a real connection is established versus nowadays yeah. because there's so much to gain. People are coming together to try to gain something. We were literally just came together to like talk games and talk shit and create like a barbershop version of a gaming podcast. Cause we feel like sometimes podcasts are a little too stuffy and serious when we're just talking about games. Yeah. Um, and then too, once again, it goes back to the communication 
Uh, we're very honest and open with one another. We also check each other because I'm going to tell you right now, there's been plenty of times where <laughs> I wanted to, sh- what I refer to is shoot a nuke on the timeline because you know how grimy this business can be. Oh my God. And like, I'd be, I'd be ready to air people out and they'd be like, nah, dog, don't do that shit. <laughs> And, and I do the same for them. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. like, let it go. It'll it'll pass. So I think us just being open and honest in terms of communication is what's helped. What, um, and and I'm happy to hear you say that because, man, this is the past couple of years, too. I, I've needed somebody to come and check me, too, and be like, yo, that ain't it. Don't do it. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. It's never worth it, bro. It's never <laughs> worth it. <laughs> it's never worth it. I mean, we had conversations about stuff like this behind the scenes, too, to be like, yo, this shit ain't it. Like this ain't it. Ain't even reasonable to be having these conversations online. We see a lot of stuff in the space and just like this ain't it. Um, one of the things I, I also really appreciate about the work that you do has been uh, it goes back to the conversation of how you've uh, you know continued to evolve as a content creator. Um, you know, one of the things I, I've seen you do from kind of normal gaming content to you know just hanging out and just chatting with your with, with people in the community. You started doing. Um, you know, uh, health and wellness streams, you know, you've had, you, you know, especially during the pandemic, you've gotten super fit, uh, all that stuff. What's it, what, what's the motivation there too? Cause it feels like, again, you talked about your curiosity of how you want to continue to grow in the space, but have, has the audience continued to grow with you in that way? Do you feel like they've stuck with you no matter what kind of content you've decided that you wanted to make? I think the reason the audience is stuck with me, regardless of what content I make, is because I take pride in whatever I do. Mm. I think that's where a lot of people mess up. People just want to hop in a lane, but they don't want to do it correctly. So it's like, if I'm going to do fitness content, I'm going to make sure I'm giving proper information that can help people. Because that's that's the key to sticking long-term in content creation. You have to always add value to people's lives. You have to ask yourself, what value are you presenting to these people? And if you can't answer that question, you need to reevaluate what you're doing. So I think the fact that I take pride in whatever I do um, and the fact that you have like, I don't know, just an example of the fitness, like me getting in shape, like I have the results to show it. And mm-hmm. then also me being vulnerable and showing on stream like, yo, I did it. The entire way there was no cheat code nothing like that um so i think just taking pride in what and just not doing things willy-nilly yeah i i think it's super it's interesting too because i think a lot of folks out here spend a lot of time trying to fake the funk just to kind of grow an audience and try to do that work you talked a lot about being super transparent and being honest about who you are and kind of showcasing that and sharing that as the foundation of your work are you are you feeling like those things are still valued in the space? Because again, we've seen so many people who have wind up kind of flaming out because they couldn't keep up the facade long enough to continue to get there until they wind up getting that bag. Do you feel like that version of content is a thing that is growing in the space? Or do you feel like there are just very few people actually doing it in that really transparent and, and honest way? No, I feel like most people are just chasing trends and that's no disrespect to them. I don't feel like it's growing in terms of people being authentic to themselves. I think the way I don't burn out is because I don't, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I wasn't being myself. Like you may not, I always say you may, you may come to a stream or watch a video and you may not agree with what I say, but at least you know that I was being honest. And that's how I, that's how I sleep at night. And that's why you see a lot of videos like on YouTube where people out of the blue, they'll be like, I can't do this anymore. And it's because they've been living (laughs) a lie. (laughs) 
it was a lot for like five years straight. Like you got to walk around with this makeup on. So it's like, all right, you get it. You don't, you don't like me t- today. I'll see you tomorrow, dog. Whatever. Like, just, <laughs> it, it, it is wild to see how many things have changed in even not even, you know, again, you've been doing this for 15 years or so, you know, 15 plus. It is wild to see how much tr- uh, uh, trend chasing has become a, a part of every aspect of content creation. Everything from, you know, there's a difference between, I think, tr- tracing the chasing the trend and understanding the algorithm, right? Which I think you do extremely well. Like I, I sit in on your, on your streams often and hear you talk about, you know, here are some ways that you can figure out how to massage your content into a way that not only brings you good information and brings you good content, but also speaks to the algorithms that are running behind the scenes that give people what they need to kind of push. What's the balance been there for you too? Because it takes a lot of learning and time to study of where things are moving to kind of do that work while you're actually still in the throes of making content. How's that process been for you of learning about what to do while also doing it at the same time and seeing those results? Um, I think the greats always study who are Mm -hmm. doing things great. I think that's probably one of the biggest problems I I see, at least in the black content creation space. A lot of people just hop in this lane and they don't, they don't study people. Like I, like I said, I've been in the game for 15 years and like people, some people act like I don't even exist. And it's like, (laughs) yo, there's a blueprint. (laughs) And it's like, you're sitting on Twitter complaining. Like there's a blueprint. You don't have to copy everything I did, but there are some things that you can draw from me or from a Shofu or a Berlizzi from a you, and you can apply that to your own game and make it your own and mix and mash it. Um, so I think people need to spend more time studying, uh, in terms of, uh, the, the space and like adapting, uh, but I don't know. I don't know what else, else to say to that one. I no, it's, study. That's what I, I still study this day. Yeah, I mean, I see. I constantly see you adding new layers of stuff to your streams all the time that I think are really brilliant and smart. Like even small things of like going back to using the QR code that's an overlay in your in your streams of just being like, here's an easy way to get up with me, easy way to connect with me, and, and be able to do that work in a way that is so is is low lift on your end. You're not having to do extra work to kind of get people to do that stuff, but it's super smart that a lot of people just don't think about. Let me tell you, bro, people are a little lazy. <laughs> Anytime, <laughs> people are lazy and you always have to try to appeal to the lowest common denominator. Like if, if, it, if it takes two, three clicks to get to your social media and follow you, people are not going to do it when there's so much content to consume nowadays, maybe five, six, seven, eight years ago. But that's why I put the QR code in like, bro, just, just fucking scan the screen. All right. Like I try to make it as easy as possible for people. Um, that's, that's always one of my ideologies in terms of content creation. How can I make it as easy as possible for the viewer? Yeah. Um, one of the other things I think is really, is really interesting that you talked about is like, especially in black, black content creator spaces, there's been a lot of energy of late around, you know, the energy that was here last year, especially around the death of George Floyd and all the conversations about everybody coming into the space and, and kind of being culture, culture vultures and sucking up a lot of energy and then leaving uh, a couple months after all of that happened, and especially in 2021, where we see that conversation being very, very different in terms of how many people are supporting versus the conversation that happened last year. What were your thoughts about around that time of the energy that was in the space, kind of looking at it as a person who, again, is doing the work for a long time and seeing the over you know 10,000 foot view of where things are at? Do you feel like there was a space where, you know, our community kind of missed the boat when it came to like galvanizing around that space, or at least kind of 
getting in where you fit and then trying to get the bag as soon as you possibly could because you know everybody was going to kind of dip out. Do I'm curious to hear your thoughts about just like when you were going and seeing everything happen, what were your thoughts of, around the kind of energy that was there? I'm usually like a centrist when it comes to things. I usually believe the truth is in the middle. So I do believe that brands like to circle and rally around black folks when it's convenient because a story is going on in the news and that's yeah. when you start to see more sponsorships pop off. Uh, there's truth to that. But then I also do believe that we as black creators need to do better in terms of socializing. Yeah. I, I, and, and, I, and I say that because I'm speaking from experience from somebody who's been around for a long time. And a lot of times I'm the only black person in the room. I did used to walk around with like a chip on my shoulder and I felt like people were judging me. And a lot of times you'll find that like they're not really judging you. It's just like genuine curiosity. Yeah. You can't walk around with like a certain type of energy. So you got to open your if you want something, you got to open your mouth and stop trying to think that you got to do everything by yourself. Because uh, once I started to allow people to help me, I'm telling you, like, I'm not trying to be like cocky, but like, I feel like I'm one of the most talented, funny people in this. I don't really feel like there's too many people fucking with me, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and even I hit a ceiling. Even I hit a ceiling. Uh, most people just play the damn game. They don't even get, they don't do game <laughs> reviews. They don't got no podcast. They don't got no funny clips. Just, just hit start on OBS and they think they're owed the world. And I'm telling you right now, I feel like I'm talented and I hit a ceiling and that's because I didn't open my mouth. I wasn't speaking. I was assuming people were judging me. Um, and once I stopped doing that shit, bro, in the last two years, blessings on moving up tax brackets, blessings on <laughs> blessings on blessings, bro. So I, I, I feel like the truth is in the middle. Um, yeah, brands do do that shit, but I never try to focus too much on what I can't control. Yeah. And I focus on the circle around me and the energy around me. And I try to focus on what I can control. I always look at what did I do wrong? Yeah, I think I think you're really introspective in that way, in a way that a lot of people aren't. Um, and I think that that's, you know, again, as a fan of your work and a fan of the stuff that you do, I've heard you say on numerous occasions that you know it's a lot about protecting your energy. And it's a lot about keeping good people around you who can uplift you and put you in a good position to be able to see good opportunities that are on the horizon and actually help capitalize on that. What's what's that? What are some of the things you continuously do to kind of keep yourself in a good space so that you can see those opportunities and also have the people who are not necessarily uh, good energy folks uh, out, of, out of the circle? Uh, I feel like. I feel like a lot of newer content creators are too consumed by social media. I get on here to get fucking money and entertain people. Like I don't be, I say it on stream all the time and I don't be joking. I start the stream up. I talk my shit for two, three hours and I get off and leave me the fuck alone. If you notice, I don't really be tweeting a lot. Yeah. I, when I, when I post on Instagram, I post my clips or like TikTok and stuff like that. Um, I get on here to get money and like entertain people, but this is not my world. I was a person before the internet. I had a job. I had friends outside. I'm not looking for the internet to compensate for anything. And I feel like people get too wrapped up in this digital space to where they create personas and feel like they got to act a certain type of way. I'm very secure in who I am, basically. Yeah. Um, and I think people need to do a little bit more soul searching. Like I, I was joking with a friend the other day. I was like, yo, like shorty, I make money from this social media shit. And I was like, you're on your phone more than me. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I, it's times in the day, like I, and the guys can attest this because they be in the chat. I'll put in the group chat. They be talking too damn much. Sometimes I'd be like, mute it. I'll mute that bitch for three hours, bro. Like leave me alone. Like I take breaks. I put my phone down. I go for walks. Like there's a world outside of the internet. And the beautiful thing about that is if you explore that world, you talk to people, yeah. you come back and make content. I always have the most fire, funny stories when I come back from like conventions, um, just meeting people out and about. Cause sometimes I'll go to restaurants like by myself or something like that. Go explore. There's a whole world outside the internet, man. Enjoy it.
Isn't it wild though, that the way a lot of content creation now works and the way that we've been taught is that you can't just play this as a fuck it and get money game. Like, it mm. feels like there's a layer of this too, where people are just like, well, you gotta, you gotta make sure that you are connecting directly to the fans all the time and that you're always in the thing and da da da. Like, I remember specifically seeing how many people were getting caught up with Twitlongers and seeing how many people was getting the, 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 uh, the, <laughs> the, uh, Discord <laughs> messages snatched up. And I was like, I know I'm not doing any dirty shit, but I will never have a Discord ever again. <laughs> and I cut that shit off because it's not worth it. I, I, what What's your thoughts about just like, again, like there's a negativity to wanting to say out loud that I just want to make money from this. And of course I want to connect with people and do that kind of work. That's not just a, a selfish thing, but it is a layer where there feels like you can't just say, yo, I just want to make some dough off of this, get myself out of a nine to five spot and try to make as much money as as quickly as I possibly can, because I know this is going to stop soon. Oh, yeah. People definitely be trying to come up off of you and stuff. I think my take on it is I, I find it. I always I find it strange how much people talk to strangers and tell them all their business over discord and like Twitter DMS and stuff like that. I keep it very light. Like, um, <laughs> it's, it's to the point, like you hit me up for the podcast and it's like, I mean, you can call me whenever yeah. like, you hit me for the podcast. I'm like, all right, what time you want to show me up? You said, all right, show up yeah. for now. All right, bet I'm there. Like I, I be seeing some of this stuff on social media, which by the way, like we be seeing that stuff. Like I just oh, yeah. say nothing. I just, I just, I just laugh like whatever. Um, you got to stop talking to people like that that you do not know, man. You, you got to stop talking to people like that. You don't not. People are so trustworthy. It's really fascinating to me that people feel like, oh, this person's a Twitch streamer or a YouTuber. I'm a Twitch streamer and a YouTuber, so they're automatically a trustworthy person. I always say, just because you're a content creator does not mean you are a good person. So there are certain people that like I don't. Anything most likely that you've heard about me is most likely a lie. Uh, because mm-hmm. I don't talk to literally anybody outside of GI, Khalif, and like a couple of people. Like I, I stay to myself, upload content. I, yeah. I don't get it, man. I, don't get I mean, it. I, I mean, that's the thing though that I've appreciated about you too. Is like I, I, I remember very specifically when we were we were all hanging out at that at that Far Cry event, and again, like I am, I was familiar with your work already and knowing you was like, oh, you know, multiple thousands of subscribers already doing that kind of work. And I was really taken aback at just how humble and chill you were and super calm about all that shit. When I know a lot of people, they like to throw their numbers around and be like, yo, I'm hot shit and this is who I am and this is what I do. And yo, why aren't you subscribed to me yet? Kind of stuff. It, it, it feels really weird. And it feels like a lot of people, I, I love this thing that you've always said was about, there's a lot of people in this industry who haven't lived enough, but life yep. yeah like they've lived enough life to be able to do this work in a good way i want i want to hear your thoughts about that because i've always found that to be super honest and, and and super super profound so like yeah like the numbers thing i always you're absolutely right like there's a lot of times where i go to events and a lot of people don't know who i am and i'm specifically talking about white folks yeah. uh, no no disrespect they don't know who i am um and they won't even talk to me they'll look at me a funny kind of way like why are you here and maybe one person will know and like one person i know is like who was always really cool to me is i see her in the chat is mav show she's yeah very yeah cool. mav is, she's mav one is of the white folks who would, who would talk to me bro people see me talking to her then they get curious they see me talking to her on twitter they know then they want to follow me then when they see how big your following is and they realize oh there's a world outside of my bubble so yeah people be on that hollywood shit people don't know how to communicate one another like social skills is weird i remember e3 I think JG was there with me. There was we were in a meeting and we met uh, 
what was it? Uh, it was an NBA legend. I wish I could remember his name. I can't remember right now. It, I'll get, it'll come to me. But dude just kept saying, he kept introducing himself. He's like, I'm such and such. I have 10 million subscribers. He said it like 10 times in a row. I'm like, all right, dude. Like, <laughs> like, but who are you? Like, who gives a fuck? And I think that comes from the fact that, like, I had a life outside of content creation. Yeah. Let's get something straight. I like making money, but money to me is security. It doesn't mean shit to me. Yeah. Like, uh, so it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't give me any type of sense of ego or nothing like that. I take pride in the things that I do, uh, who I am and treating people right. But no, nah, like, I, I go off energy. If you treat me right, I'll treat you right. It, it's that's, that's as simple as that, man. I'm not better than anybody else. Word, word. Uh, for the folks and I like who... talking shit too. If you, you can't be bougie and be a shit talker. Like I, I like to be in the mud talking shit with people. And if you if you walk around like on a high horse, you can't do that. So <laughs> it's got it. Yo, that's super true. I think there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people who who are really high on themselves in a way that is so not deserving of that. Where again, like one of the things I've heard you say often enough is is that you know this is all part of a bigger kind of game. Like this isn't the 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 most important thing on the planet when we've decided that content creators and a lot of other folks out here feel like they are you know god's 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 gift to everything on the planet when all they do is turn on a camera and talk about video games for a couple hours a day what's what's the conversation that you're having with <clears throat> folks in those rooms about you know how you're pitching yourself to brands and things like that because i think that's the thing that a lot of people aren't paying attention to right now, which I think has been really interesting is you see so many people complain about not getting a bag or the energy around the space is not real. You talked about, you know, closed mouths don't get fed, but how are you at this point, because you're been in the game so long, how are you changed the way you pitch yourself to people uh, in a way that is different than what you used to? Surrounding yourself with people who are smarter than you, business-minded people. That's how you learn every day. You can't always be the smartest person in the room. But also it kind of goes back to actually people's content. It's like no disrespect, but it's like if your content doesn't add any value to people, yeah. it's going to be hard to pitch yourself to brands. Also, if you're not developing your skills. So like I can go to brands and say, hey, not only... I'm sorry, but like being a Twitch streamer is not really a skill. Like you just copy and paste your key and put it in OBS. Like it's not hard to do. You, you just watch a five minute YouTube tutorial. That's not a skill. So like I can go to brands and say, hey, not only can I stream your game on Twitch, but I can articulate what I like and dislike about this game. And then I have evidence through my video reviews. Uh, I know how to do film work because I've worked with several different cameras, uh, shooting myself as well as doing interviews at conventions. Um, I know how to mix audio. Um, so it's like, you want to develop as many skills as possible so that when you go to these brands, you'd be like, you could put these packages together and say, Hey, look, not only can I provide you a sponsored two hour stream block, but I can give you X, Y, and Z, such as a highlighted video with like a 90 second integration in the beginning. But, um, you have to, you have to, you have to sit there and think about how can you elevate the game so that you can elevate your prices. You always want to add as much value as possible. And if you can't, I, I feel like it's more simple than people think. If you cannot articulate what is your value, then you have none. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, that's a thing. I think that's a big thing that I think a lot of people <clears throat> currently are kind of stuck in this weird circle, right? Where they're just like, I want to get bigger, but I also don't know how to articulate how to talk about what I do in a way that is not just like, hey, I'm black and everybody don't treat black people well. So can you give me some some stuff to it's do not a in brand. this space? <laughs> Oppression Olympics is not a brand, bro. Like, it's, it's, not, it's not to discredit them and say it's not a real thing, but there has to be more to that. It's like, all right, you bitched and complained to get your foot in the door. Right. Now what? 
Right. What do you do? And right. a lot of times they can't give an answer because that is their personality. Yeah. I see a lot of that often, and it's been very, very interesting to see a lot of that in the past couple of years about how that is working. Again, I think that there's, you know, the work that we do here at Spawn and Me is to kind of support and spotlight people of color and make sure that we're having good conversations about that stuff. But there's also a layer of it where I think there's a lot of missed opportunities that wind up dragging, uh, not the community down, but dragging people out of opportunities because they just don't know how to talk about the work that they wind up doing in a, in a, in a better way. Um, What's the what's the next thing that you really want to tackle uh, when it comes to the work that you do? You've done so much good work over the years. You figured out good ways to uh, grow your channel, grow your content, grow your community, grow all those things. What's the next thing that you're kind of hoping that you want to be able to to, to embark on in, in the work that you do? JG is the worst in the chat, by the way. I know, right? He just the shut worst. up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I, my goal is never to be like the biggest or like the littest YouTuber or Twitch streamer. I don't care. Like, what does that mean? You go, you walk out into the real world, people still don't know who you are. Right. Uh, so like, I want to do more things in the real world space. I'll never give up my own, my platforms, but um, I think space doing things more on camera work yeah. uh, because I feel like I have the charisma for that. Also, I have experience reading teleprompters and stuff like that. I want to get into voice acting. Um, eventually, I want to write a book, um, like a self-help book for like huh. young men because a lot of dudes, y'all don't got father figures and it's obvious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the energy I be seeing, bro. Uh, so like I, I want to I expand my brand across all media platforms. I don't want to be known as like a Twitch streamer. Like um, one thing, like it's, it's a video from like, five, six, seven, eight years ago when I was younger, I think I was like 21, 22 in it. And I said, I was like, at that time, I did genuinely like hopping in Call of Duty vid lobbies and like talking shit to like racist people. Yeah. But I know who I am. I'm a very curious person. And I knew that eventually I would get bored of that. And I said it in the video and people thought I was like playing and it actually happened. Um, and now it's like, now I want to see how I can progress and do something that piques my interest and challenges me um, because I don't see myself being 40, 50 years old, being in a Call of Duty lobby, talking shit. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't do it for me now, to be honest. Like it's fun every once in a while. It's like, all right, I'm putting fuck with this dude on stream or whatever. But like, I used, dude, I used to come home from work when I was like 19, and I used to hop in them Call of Duty lobbies, and I lived for that shit. And you just, you just got, I got older. Like I don't care anymore. Like I don't have the passion for that. So it, it's, I'm always looking to see how I can fulfill my passion. Um, because I, I don't want to be 40. I, I feel like being in a Call of Duty lobby and trolling at 40, 50 years old is equivalent to like the dude, the OG on the block who got the long capri shorts and the hat to the side <laughs> where the bitch is at. Where like, <laughs> like, I just want to, I want to be on some Jay-Z type of shit. That's what I, Jay-Z and Nas, that's the way I always appreciated about them. Like yeah. I love their younger work, but as they've gotten older, they're talking about different things while still appeasing to the culture. And when they pop out, people listen. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I want to go. Yeah. And, and that's a great point, because I think that you do wind up changing your content creation journey, right? Like you wind up wanting to do different things and not being pigeonholed into the stuff that you should do. I know I'm feeling that now, having been in the game for eight years now and finding that that there's just conversations that don't make me happy to, to think about or to be involved in, because they're the same conversations that we've seen over the past decade in the same conversation, <laughs> the same circles all the time. It's I feel wild. like, and I could, 
I could be wrong. Let me let me pick your brain on this. I feel like yeah. that's more so of an issue like in the black creator space. Yeah. I'm not saying that other groups of people don't go through this, but it's more pronounced in ours yeah. in a sense that like when you want to peel off and your interests change, you know, our own community is quick to say that you switched up or you sold out or something versus like people don't remember like the FaZe Clan. And obviously that's a bunch of different group of people. But it was yeah. mostly white boys back in the days. The FaZe Clan, all they did was 360 no scopes off the top of the damn building, yeah. sniping at people. And then at some point they were like, you know what? We're tired of this shit. We're still going to do it, but we're going to start vlogging. Yeah. And they ate that shit up and their community didn't complain. They supported it versus like over here. I feel like you got to constantly. It's like Showtime at the fucking Apollo over here, man. Um, and they don't <laughs> and they don't they don't support it to you at the top, bro, um, because I guess people don't see your vision. But I yeah. just feel like there's certain challenges that we as black creators don't uh, we face that other people don't. What you think about that? I think the interesting part, and I and I fully agree with you. I think the thing that I think about, and this is the thing that I I remember very specifically when um, GI had uh, a Twitter space that y'all all did a couple month, like a month or so ago. And the thing mm -hmm. that I really came away with was just how dedicated your audience was to not only appreciating the work that you all do but to be able to see you all do various different things and grow throughout the space and do that and continue to rock with it. For me, I've always been really, um, not worried, but has, have always been really annoyed at the fact that it feels like if you're not doing pop culture -y stuff in the way that you do it as a black content creator, there isn't a lot of space for you. Like you can do something that's very, very niche. Like you see a lot of black folks now kind of in the D and D space. You see a lot of black folks really getting into the comics bag. Now you see a lot of people doing a lot of that stuff, but like, even for me as a person who does, you know, kind of an industry gaming show, there aren't a lot of black people who rock with this kind of content because it is a very industry focused in, a, in an industry that to be fair, doesn't have a lot of black folks in it. Right. So it winds up changing yeah. the way that that content gets filtered out. Um, is as opposed to a show that does a lot of multifaceted pop culture-y meme-ified kind of, kind of content. Yeah. And I, some of that is to blame on, uh, I think just the market as a whole, because I don't think that's necessarily a black issue. Pop culture right. stuff is, is all across the board. Like it forces people to do it. It's an easy way to get views, but then right. also some of it is us being people of color. I think we need to support other things than what's consider the norm like it feels like mostly just negative stuff is supported um when it comes to us uh like an example is like um i never i never i have i feel like i have a strong following across the board i never end up in any of these news websites for like gaming blogs and youtube channels unless it's some drama or something like that and like it's only happened maybe like once or twice um because i don't get involved in like that stuff but that stuff like irritates me um mm -hmm. And then, and, and it's not just the media, but it's our own people not supporting like a cool thing. One of the coolest things that's happened to me, I th this was like maybe a year ago. So mm. like on stream, I had talked about how I walk around with a, a resume on my phone. Yeah. Uh, you know, about like a deck. Now every Twitch streamer like has it now. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about a pitch deck. Yep. Uh, we've been had that at GI. And like, yep. I would always carry around on my phone, the resume listing all our skills or whatever. So whenever we would go to conventions, you just text the resume to them and they can see 
what you do right then and there because it always impressed people. And I talked about it in my stream. Always keep it ready. That's not even a content creation thing. You can do that for real life. Yep. And one of the coolest things that happened was after that stream, a few months later, somebody emailed me out of the blue and he said, yo, I just got a job in my at my uh, senator's office. He's he, he runs the ad campaigns. He does. He was a graphic designer and he did the graphics for his local senator. And like he emailed, I was like, yo, this shit cool as hell. And he said he got inspired for the, the, the pitch deck on his phone for me being in my stream. I was like, yo, this shit cool as hell. I was like, you mind if I tweet this out? Yeah. He was like, nah. Then nobody give a fuck about that shit, bro. Like, right. Like nobody <laughs> shared drop, it, right? Yeah, but you drop a couple of N-bombs. It's like, yo, go, go, do that again, do it again. I'm like, bro, are you fucking kidding me, bro? It's like, I, I don't know, man. We don't, I, some we of don't that share. Is, we don't share positive news well in our community. That that is, I think that's a definite thing that is very, very connected to our community. We 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 are willing to share, and we you know, there's been so many conversations about that in terms of media, right? Where it's like, oh, I don't want to see another slavery movie, or I don't want to see this kind of thing, or why are we always showing the downtrodden versions of ourselves? It's because that's the stuff that everybody pushes. Like nobody yeah. pushes any positive stuff about all of us working together or doing that kind of stuff, or if they do. It's a positive with a backhanded compliment. It's like, oh, well, you did that thing, but also you ain't shit on the other end of it. It's also a lot of gatekeeping and, and clicks in this community that that falls within like black content creators, too, because like I don't want to say I'm mad, but like I said, I peep everything on the timeline yep. and like every every black history month or whenever these companies want to push yo who are the upcoming black content creators like i'm not trying to sound cocky but i don't really feel like there's a lot of people fucking with me or gi and we are always left off those lists and yep. we we peep that shit bro we peep that and it's like mm, it seems like you guys are gatekeeping you only want it's only pro black when it's you and your friends it's not as a whole <laughs> and it kind of irritates me a little bit because i don't do nothing but show love I, yeah. I show love to any if you if i see you putting in work and you're doing dope shit i retweet everybody i tweet out your shit i put you in youtube videos but it, it feels like there's a little bit of gatekeeping and uh some food tomfoolery going on behind the scenes i will say out loud that gi does not get the respect that it deserves in many many ways i, I you don't you don't either in the way that you have been so prolific at the work that you do for so long in a lot of ways like there's a bunch of lists that we never show up in you don't show up in you know gi doesn't show up in, in a lot of those different places do you f with the go ahead i was like i seen a video on tiktok just yesterday of this dude I, he's like a younger dude he's like a gen z dude and he was like saying top five gaming black content creators like the most influential and i wasn't even on that list mm. and like every person i ain't gonna say every because i fuck with all five of them that were on there yeah but every single person all of them stole my blueprint and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hello? Like, I, the only person I can think of that was really there with me in the beginning in terms of the black content creator space was probably Chris Smoove. Sure. There really was nobody when I came in the game. And it's like, I feel like I'd be getting disrespected. It's like, really? Like, okay, I get I'm not the most lit person. But if we're really going to sit here and talk about promoting black content creators, like, I personally feel like I'm the godfather of this shit. You've been in it for so long and you've done the work of showcasing stuff. I remember very specifically you shared work in a, in a YouTube video the, that had me in it as well. And that was a super good look for, for the work that we did. Um, so thank you for that. It, it is one of those things where I did feel like there is a interesting balance between your people repping for you and then you having to be like, well, look, if y'all ain't going to rep for me, I got to get this money somewhere else. And you, mm. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to think about it and I don't really care, but it's going to have to happen at some point. I think uh, the only reason I don't you don't see me going on like tangents and stuff on social media about that is because like I peep it, but I don't really care that much right. because I believe in myself so much. I believe that I'm like there's certain people that like if you're talent, pe talented, people are going to show you 
love regardless. And those people accelerate or whatever. Yeah. I feel like I've had to be one of those people where like, I'm so talented that I have to be undeniable. I have to work, outwork everybody that you cannot deny me. And that's, so I don't complain. I just outwork everybody. And that's how I've been able to stay. And like, there's gonna be other people like that, that you're gonna have to do the same thing. You can't walk around with that chip on your shoulder and be like, damn, why am I not mentioned in these circles or whatever? If you just outwork everybody, if you truly believe that you are lit, you're gonna become undeniable at some point. Facts from the man TBH rolling through with the goods right there. Again, this man is motivated. He's been doing this thing for a long time, making it happen in a big way. We're going to come back right after a 30-second break and rock and talk a little bit about some E3 and Summer Games Fest predictions and a little bit of what we've hey. been playing. Master love to the fan TBH. I need to go follow that man. Make sure he gets to the spots so that he needs to get to. We'll be right back in about 30 seconds. We'll be right back after this. Hi, Merrick Kay here for the Fanbyte Podcast Network. I'd like to tell you about Channel F, a show where we talk about the games we're playing. Can I just say yeah. how much I would love for there to be a Hitman game that's just about making people experience embarrassing social faux pas, trying to like prank people and make it seem like they had farted or like tripped on something? <laughs> that would be like very good. Dig up weird finds at thrift stores. So the listing says Bung Doctor V64. <laughs> And take your questions about the best jokers. Flabars Martin asks, what's the best or coolest weapon ever given to a mech? Gundam Fusion Rebake has a really good... Oh, wait, give, me, sorry? give me that one more time. Gundam Fusion Rebake. Yo, I heard you. <laughs> Gundam Fusion. <laughs> I personally guarantee as the president of podcasts at Fanbyte that listening to Channel F will make you a better, smarter, more powerful version of yourself. So go to fanbyte.com slash podcasts or search for Channel F on your podcast app of choice today. Improvement not guaranteed. Listening to Channel F may cause purification. Welcome back to the Spawn of Me podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. What the deal be? You are rocking with the best. You are rocking with the dopest ones out here up in this piece. If you missed the first part of the show, the first period of the show it was a fantastic conversation with the fam tbh rocking with us here at black kakage rocking on the show doing it up big up in his piece uh we're gonna jump into more conversation with tbh real fast bring him back in for the show uh word i'm excited to talk to you about what we have coming up next for this episode of spawn on me of course with so many games out in the world we have a lot of conversations because next week or this week actually is uh where a lot of good game conversations are going to happen very very soon i am excited for all the stuff that's going to be dropping because we have not only summer games fest we have e3 we have all that stuff kind of popping through but today we had a really dope video reveal for battlefield 2042 um, I am curious to hear your thoughts about what you feel the deal is on Battlefield. I can see the face already. TBH is like, mm, I don't know about that Battlefield 2042 business. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts about, you know, where that is and how that all is kind of looking right now. I find it interesting they said it was a really dope reveal because what did they reveal? It was just a CG trailer. Like, I'm a Battlefield fan, but... Um first impressions of it yeah looks like there's gonna be a lot of people on the screen there's a lot of explosions but it's not a lot to take from this i personally don't like when they do these these reveals and like yeah. like yo just even i i get you don't want to reveal too much at once like ubisoft is guilty of doing this uh but like just give me like 30 seconds give me something to bite on and then you could do a full gameplay reveal afterwards yeah but 
like for this, it's like eh, I don't know what the draw of it. I like the I like the fact that it's taking taking place in 2042, so yeah. it gives them top, some type of liberties to you know play with the weapons maybe in the future technology. I mean, you just seen they had the Boston Dynamics dog running there, um, the, the police hound. Uh, <laughs> so like, that's cool. That's cool, but yeah. it's not it's not a full gameplay reveal. Like I, that's what I want to see. What about you? I mean, it's dropping. So I was lucky enough to go behind the scenes and see some stuff already. Slight so flex. I, flex. You know what I'm saying? You know, the EA was like, "Yo, we finally saw you after 18 years of being in the game." Uh, <laughs> but it was great uh, to be able to see some of the stuff that they have coming very very soon this weekend uh, with the gameplay reveal and some other stuff. So I've seen some of that stuff already. I mean, I as a Battlefield fan, you know, again. This is the name of our show comes from Battlefield. It's all that kind of stuff. So I'm super excited for what they're going to do. I think I am really hyped about is the upped player count, which I think is going to be pretty cool to see um, how that's going to wind up changing the way that that looks. And then also uh, a lot of conversations around, you know, not being tied down by the class that you're in uh, and being able to kind of swap weapons out on the fly. I think that to me is going to be, something that's going to be real cool to see how that kind of plays into the the meta of what the game is going to wind up being going forward. Yeah. I read that there's going to be no campaign, which I'm cool with because yeah. I don't think anybody played Battlefield for campaign anyway. I just hope that there's a solid rollout in terms of content. Like there's a constant influx of content to keep the game fresh, especially because there's so much competition nowadays in the multiplayer space. I mean, yeah. Fortnite is still rolling out stuff. Um, Apex has one of the best seasons, like period. Like this is not when Battlefield had first came out when it was just Call of Duty, there's so many things in the space now. I just hope that they make sure they're rolling out content to keep people um, addicted because that's cool. You can have 128 players on the map, but make sure we got something to do. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think one of the things they talked about, um, and, and we did a, a, a show with the folks over Kind of Funny to talk about a lot of this was um, about the clustering of parts of the map. You know, usually have these POIs on the map and points of interest. And there's going to be more kind of fights dedicated to being around those points and how that kind of battling is going to wind up being. Um, it will be cool to see how the kind of, you know, how the community comes to it. I think there are a lot of different conversations around, you know, is the $70 multiplayer game worth it? Is that the thing that we we are actually going to be paying money for because people are you know worried that there's no campaign? Do you feel like the is- price point is is a problem at this point? Is it seventy dollars across the board, or just for the next gen version? Just, just for next gen, I believe. And does that apply to the PC version? I don't think so. Um, the production, the production cost of games has steadily gone up over the last ten years, and I'm surprised games haven't been seventy dollars sooner. Yeah. I personally don't mind paying the ten extra dollars as long as they as they can articulate the value in it. Mm-hmm. I have a problem when games like Two K make it seventy dollars, and that game is literally <laughs> one of the Next Gen 2K21 is one of the worst fucking games I've ever played. Like, my PS5 is, I bought a PS5 for that and it's collecting dust. So, as long as they can prove that they're adding value, I'm okay with it. I don't really see what the big deal is because at the end of the day, the reality is most of y'all are not buying every game that comes out. Most of you are not even buying the game until two, three months when it comes out. So, by the time you even get it, it's not even going to be $70. So, it's not that big of a deal to me. That's a good point. That's a super fair point. I think a lot of people are really upset about the fact that the idea around this sticker shock. But again, they're not really applying how they buy games in that way to what that means in in that kind of grander scope. Um, is this a thing that you think? Because I I've, I've loved seeing you and and, and Siggy and Ethos 
uh playing apex and stuff like that are you gonna you're gonna rock with this jg's old so he can't play this game but I, i'd love to see all of y'all jump in here and, and, and play the game again you think uh gi is gonna get up on this i think gi is gonna be on it. i don't know about jg because jg and a is because ever since they became dads they reflexes have slowed down but the rest of us we're still young <laughs> <laughs> we still are young. We're going to be honest. We were actually just talking about it the other night. It's been a while since there's been a game where, like, I feel like we're fragmented. Yeah. There's games where certain people play in GI and then other people play other games. Uh, I feel like this might be the first game that we all collectively play, including, like, the Discord. Like, we've been looking for, like, that big game that can include everybody. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's like it's like Kodak Black said. It's like, I, I hope so, like, you know? <laughs> I love how Joe G, JG's in the chat. It's like, yo, Kai, he older than me. Yeah, I, I, that's fine. That's fine. That's reasonable. That's reasonable. Um, word. I think that that's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to see how that's going to kind of land uh, in the space. Another piece of news that dropped this week was around the handheld, the play date, which I think is really, really interesting. Um, it is a handheld with a very small black and white kind of uh, inverted screen. Uh, that's going to be coming to market with not only a really cute kind of snap on speaker, but also a bunch of games that will be downloaded to your device every month uh, automatically. Uh, I've seen this in person. I have one of these in the crib. Uh, the folks are here in Portland, actually. Um, so we've I've gotten a chance to see it in, in person and, and mess around. Oh, with it now I see why it's on the show notes. Okay, go ahead. And also, give me one. <laughs> Um, no, but, but like, I've, I've met these cats at a couple of different events anyway, and, and remembered seeing it and being like, yo, this is kind of dope that they're going into this space with a device that is super weird in the way that it looks and the way that it kind of, you know, interacts with this crank that will let you kind of uh, interact with the game. You have any thoughts about, you know, seeing this? I know, I know you've kind of seen it in passing. What's the, once the uh, video came out, but is this a thing you might want to rock with or, or mess around with? They gotta, they gotta do first. They gotta do something to promote it better. Cause I didn't, I, the only reason I knew this existed was because uh, somebody was talking about it in a Twitter spaces. It's one of your friends. I forgot his name. I think I seen JG tweeting him too. The one with the ones that got the shades in his, his in his, in his profile picture. I think his name starts with a K. Um, hmm. But yeah, he was talking about it in his Twitter spaces. Oh, Viper. Um, I mean, it looks, Shout is to it Viper. Viper? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why I said K. Viper. Yeah. Um, it looks like a Game Boy from the design. Yeah um that's cool i guess gives you a little bit of nostalgia but i'm gonna be honest am i gonna buy this no yeah uh, and the main reason is because of the games i'm looking at the games and they all look horrible um this is like <laughs> a novelty thing get it like for like i don't know like a collector or something but i don't really see myself long-term playing it it's cool that they they're coming out with 24 free games i think different mm-hmm. genres that's cool but 20, 20 free games is gonna grow go across a whole bunch of different genres they're they're very um uh, I wouldn't say it feels like not full mini games, but kind of in that mini game space, like you talked about. I think the thing that I'm I'm most excited about is the fact that this is going to be be something where people were going to be able to make games themselves. They just talked about this web based uh, designer oh, okay. that you're going to be able to use called Pulp, um, and then you'll be able to make games for the device as well. Um, and and getting a chance to play with it some some months ago. Uh, it, I think it's interesting that they're doing this kind of handheld crank thing uh, that is a very interesting way to have uh, interactions with it. You can see it on the screen right now if you're looking at the Twitch chat. Uh, Twitch yeah, show. It's, it's definitely a unique gameplay mechanic uh, having this crank control. And then I tell you what, I'll buy one of these and I'll support it if they find a way to let me crank that Soldier Boy in this. If we can find a way to crank the Soldier Boy with the crank, this might be something worth looking into. What do you think? 
Brothers from Panic, you heard it here live on the show. <laughs> My fan, fan TVH is like, yo, if you can crank Soldier Boy in it, he'll, he'll cop one. I know they need to make people... a game where like you crank it and it just goes you like the whole time. Here's the dope thing: you can make that game if you want. <laughs> Anybody <laughs> <laughs> uh, chat i'm curious to hear your thoughts about this too let me know in the, in the chat here and on twitter if you think that the play date is something that you might want to mess with and uh and, and see if you would would want to kind of play around in that space i'm actually really interested to see how they kind of went through the process i'm waiting to see like the post-mortem of like what it took to get this thing made i'm always fascinated by weird new devices like this uh in the space so what's the battery life on it um i forget because i had like a we did this like size comparison joke uh the cat who who runs it who you see in the video he was like hey i know you just got your ps5 and your um your xbox series x let's do a size comparison between those two devices and this and he brought he brought a prototype over to the crib to let me see it um mm-hmm. but I, I don't know it's i think that there's still a lot of info that i think is on their site but i just don't know um how much of that has been widespread because i think they're still in production uh, for for stuff like that. So you said you talked to the some of the creators. Did they did they mention anything about uh, like what's the demographic or who's the audience that they're trying to target? Because something like the Switch exists, and if like I can play Smash Bros on the go on the train or on the plane, yeah. why would I want to use like who, who are they trying to target with this? I think this is a I think this is kind of like you know for folks who are really in the indie game space, if you're looking for something really fun and quirky to kind of play around with and 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 be okay. able to see like games like this wouldn't be made anywhere else. Like they're very specific to this particular instrument and this particular device. And I don't think it would live or be able to live on a device that's like a switch in that same way. Even if you had like, you know, games like I remember stuff on the Vita, like Frobisher says, or, you know, Nintendo systems that had like, um, what's the, what, there was one game that has like a bunch of mini games on it. That was a Nintendo. WarioWare? Like WarioWare kind of stuff in that same vein. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so I feel like this is even on a different layer of what that could potentially be because of the work that they're doing in this space with a very specific device that's kind of based around that crank mechanic. So it will be real cool to see how that kind of plays itself out. I know a bunch of uh, POC devs who have been working on stuff in there. Uh, shout out to Rokashi and a bunch of other folks over in that space who had this really dope uh, golfing game that they made on on the play date. Uh, so we'll have them on the show fairly, fairly soon as well uh, to talk about that kind of stuff. Um, last piece of stuff before we talk a little bit about E3 and Summer Game Fest predictions really quick uh, is Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Uh, have you had a chance to play this yet? And have you been digging into it? Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't played it, but um, you have a PS5? Yes. All right, second question. How many games are there to play on the PS5? Uh, I've been playing Returnal, this, uh, Mortal Kombat, which you can play on your PS4. Uh, that don't count. That don't count. Uh, Two, games. Two games. Astro Boy. Astro Boy, is that new? Ah, that's been on there. Astro, uh, okay. whatever the Astro Playland game thingy. Oh yeah, that, that you know what I'm talking about. Okay, so yeah, the, the launch title. So the point I'm trying to make is the only game that's actually out. You, you have access to this because you're famous. I'm not. Um, but <laughs> dude, dude, <laughs> the, the point I'm trying to make is Returnal is the only game on the PS5. So you're sitting there asking me, and I'm a PS5. Am I going to play? Of course, I ain't shit else to play. My shit is collecting dust. But also the game. 
the game looks amazing. Um, <laughs> I'm a big, I'm a big platformers. Platformers and RPGs are my because I, I grew up a single player gamer. Yeah, uh, I've, I've never really been a big multiplayer gamer. Um, so like this is right up my alley. I get to jump around, shoot at stuff, act silly, talk to my chat. I can play at my own pace. Like quirky, uh, goofy animations, lots of bright colors. Like it speaks to my inner child. This is this. These are my favorite type of games. I love platformers. Yeah. Oh, were you a big fan of the Ratchet and Clank series before, or is is this kind of because I've seen you so playing I'm, a bunch of stuff on on stream of late that have been platformers and stuff too. I'm not gonna lie, I was late to the Ratchet and Clank pla- uh, party. My first Ratchet and Clank was the Ratchet and Clank remaster on the PS Vita. Yeah, I owned one. Uh, that was maybe like five six years ago, and it had the first three games on there. Yeah, I was like, I played it. I was like, oh man, I was like, I love platformers. Why did I never play this? And then I remembered, came out during the PS2 era when I, and when I was a kid, I didn't have no money, so I had to play what my parents got me. So I grew up on. Um, Mario, uh, Jack and Daxter. Um, my mom bought me. You remember Glover? Yes. Weirdly, it was fucking fucking horrible. It was terrible. Banjo Kazooie. That game was garbage. Um, what was what was that other sixty four game? Uh, Bumble, Bumble, whatever. Do you remember that giant? B to the B to the Bumble. It was it was, it was, it was oh, the theme song. something Bumble. Wait, what was this game? Chat. What is there's that game? a platformer? Yeah, what is that game? There's a platformer on the N sixty four. It was it was a bump. You played a bumblebee with a gun. What? Um, yeah, all them quirky ass platformers <laughs> from fucking the Lion King. You sure King. that wasn't some fucking fever stuff. dream you had? No, 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 no. No, I'm being serious. I'm about to Google this shit, bro. Bumblebee N sixty four. I want that man. to be the way you. I want that to be the way you search for it too. Bumblebee it's with a gun. Bumble- it's called Buck Bumble. You laughing, but on eBay, it got a 4.3 out of 5, boy. <laughs> it's called Buck Bumble. <laughs> These are the games my parents, dumbass games. These are the games my parents bought me, bro. Because I always, I always joke on the stream. I was like, yo, my parents love me. They didn't. I wasn't allowed to play Grand Theft Auto when I was a kid. I wasn't oh. allowed to play all these adult games because my parents love me. So I had to play all the goofy ass platformers <laughs> during that era. I know them all, dog. I, even the obscure ones. Yo, who was the publisher on Buck Bumble? Fucking World Star was. Who made this game? Buck Bumble, Wikipedia. Actually, it's Ubisoft. That's the funny part. It's a what? Ubisoft game. Oh my yeah. god! They have they have crimes to, Bumble, to that's a crime, yo. They have crimes to to to, to deal with. Calling a game Buck Bumble. Nah, wow! They, for they, mo- they need to answer for their modern uh, crimes they're doing right now because they ain't made a new game in like ten years. Everything's the lot- same. Climb the t- climb the tower and collect items. <laughs> 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 Buck Bumble remaster at Ubisoft forward at Ubi forward says Thirsty Panda. Yo, I mean. TBH would be the first it. one in line to play the new joint, and and, and because he's famous, they'll pay him to do it. That's a, that's a beautiful way to do it. Hey, let me yo, let me give you a funny Ubisoft story. True story, bro. What event was this? It was some Ubisoft event for. Uh, it was an Assassin's Creed. I got flown out for the Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Uh, oh yeah. And I got to pre. I got to preview the game before it came out, and after we played the game that night. PR, uh, Ubisoft PR, they took us all to dinner, all the influencers. Yep. And I'm sitting there with five different PR people. And they was like, be honest, like, how do you feel about where the Assassin's Creed franchise is going? Because to be honest, uh, Assassin's Creed is in my top five. I love that fucking franchise. Mm-hmm. Not the most recent games, but it's it's still in my top five in terms of series. So like they knew I loved it and they knew I was going to give them. I, I don't hold my tongue. I tell them their game sucked to their face. And I told them. <laughs> uh they asked me they was like how where do you how do you feel about where assassin's creed is going and i was like yo the last few games have been very mediocre you've just been pumping them out every year um you haven't been putting out any new features the story is not as engaging as the past uh games or whatever and they took it to heart because literally like 
a year or two later. No, they took a break. And two years later, Assassin's Creed Origins. So you can thank me. Thank, thank TBH for, for putting in the words, doing the work of, of an influencer and influencing people to change the way that the games wind up working. Real quick question, because I'm a big Assassin's Creed fan too. What are your thoughts about that series moving away from the Illuminati angle that I thought was so smart? Uh, that they put um, in, the, in the beginning, you talking about with like the uh, the golden Wolves apples and all man. that kind of business with with uh, I like that face? stuff though. It was that's dope. what made it interesting. Yeah, uh, it, it just got it kind of got kind of looted and like all over the place when they in, they started implementing the Abstergo stuff. But yeah, I do like the I do like the new character in the new trilogy, um, the black chick. Uh, so like they, they're having a tr- they're doing a trilogy with her. I liked it, but like the ones were like what was it a syndicate and then unity i didn't mm-hmm. like where you were just walking around the office and it was just kind of all over the place that's that's when it was kind of at its lowest for me yeah i i, I appreciate that because I, I was sad that they moved away from the illuminati stuff because i was like yo this is super dope to have this with the the, the templars and how they're in the future and they, they control everything because all that stuff and they moved away from it, nothing so. is true everything is permitted is one of my favorite quotes right there's oh, a so real good. quote bro. So question good. everything so good so good so good so um we're almost at the end of the show but i want to get you know any thoughts about what you hope to see for e3 summer games fest any games that you're excited to see or hoping to see that gets revealed during the week well, first, I hope they stop hating on me in the chat. They said they put JG said he put up the Buck Bumble gameplay. He said I had a horrible childhood. Whatever. <laughs> I turned out normal. Um, <laughs> second, um, I turned out fine. I, what I'm looking forward to, I just want to see more original IPs. It's time for new legends. Uh, Gears of War is cool, but come on, Xbox. I'm tired of Forza. I'm tired of Gears. And I'm, I'm, I was a hardcore Gears hit. That's what I grew up. I used to yeah. crab walk and stuff. I used to cheat. Um, <laughs> I'm t- X- Xbox needs new games. PlayStation, you know, they did good in the PS4 era, but they ain't doing very good right now. They ain't really got too many games either. Returnal is a very acquired taste. Um, Ratchet and Clank has mass appeal, so I give them that much. Um, so, like, I just want to see more original IPs, man. Go ahead and bring back scale bound fund it we make a lot of jokes um because it's just sequel after sequel after sequel it's hard to gauge what to expect when we've been getting the same thing i mean it, in a way that it's not because you know you're going to get sequels but i i guess i want it i want it to be more original ips that, that's all i want to see i want to see something that i never seen before uh when anthem was revealed everybody got excited right Turn, the game fucking sucked when it came out but like it was exciting because it was something new it was something original. I want to see more of that at E3. That's what made E3 great. I don't want to see Xbox get on stage and talk about the AK texture pack for fucking Minecraft. Who gives a fuck, bro? <laughs> uh, Sony, we get it. You, you, Final Fantasy is great. You're going to come out with a new DLC, but let's see some new original titles that are not like Uncharted because I'm tired of games that are like Uncharted, like Days Gone and stuff like that. I want to see some original ideas. And if it means there's smaller games that are only like $20 that are like, you know, four, six, the best, the best, probably the best game I played this year was it takes two by the people who made a ways out. Yeah. Yeah, Um, and that, that was a 10 hour adventure for $30 co-op. She was fucking fire puzzles, um, platforming. You play with a friend and you got a free code. I want to see more meaningful content. It felt like I was playing a labor of love when I played that. I was like, Mm. man, Cause, Cause I'm not gonna lie, I've gotten to a point where it's like I'm starting to feel like, yo, dude, am am I losing my lust for gaming or whatever? Yeah. And I played that game, and I'm like, nah, a lot of shit is just they. It doesn't feel like people putting their foot in it. Yeah. I want to see original IPs where they put their foot back in it. Yo, this is the Black Hokage again. One of my favorite content creators on the planet. 
dropping dopeness, dropping facts, giving you massive amounts of content. About to be a star in this world. I bet I can see it. I can see it in my mind's eye sees it. This is going to be a thing uh, very, very soon and very, very shortly uh, to see that he's going to be doing a lot of great work in the space. Uh, fam, let the folks know where they can find you if they want to follow you, want to check out your content. Where would they go? Um, the place I'm most consistent is probably on Twitch. So twitch.tv slash the Black Okage. I'm about to start getting consistent again on YouTube. So that's youtube.com slash the Black Okage. And then on Twitter, it's uh, Mr. Underscore. I keep it real. It's not the Black Okage because somebody took my name, some troll. Uh, you guys <laughs> want some if, if you want some advice. I don't know if I ever shared this story with you. Yeah. So when I first when I first decided to change my name, the name the Black Okage was actually available on Twitter. And I should have just changed my name to that. Yeah. I put out a tweet and I said, yo, I'm rebranding. I think I'm going to change my name to the Black Okage on Twitter oh, so it's aligned with all. No, I put that tweet out. Everybody was like, "Yeah, do it." I go, I go check it. Two minutes later, the name was gone. Somebody oh. took it, and he's been holding that name ever since. So don't ever share your ideas with anybody because motherfuckers will troll you and try to make your life miserable. Hopefully, I can find somebody. If anybody knows anybody who can help me get that name on Twitter, let me know. Twitter people, I know y'all <laughs> listen to the show. I know, I know, big name folks listen to the show. Make sure you're getting the Black Hokage in your spaces, in the work that you're doing, in the content that you need to get done and, and, and make it so that he can continue to live his money-making dreams out here up in this piece and make it happen for, for the fam. Shout out to everybody in the chat. The chat has been so fun tonight. Again, if you are not watching our show here uh, at 6 p.m. PST uh, every Wednesday evening, you are missing out on a fun fun time again fam thank you so much for for rocking with me tonight uh it's always a pleasure to have you here uh hopefully we'll be able to get this to happen again very very soon um and when, and when you make it big don't forget the small people man don't forget the don't forget the small fat people i'm gonna I'm sit i'm gonna I'm be on top of my castle just judging everybody <laughs> i appreciate it i appreciate it all right everybody here in the chat much love to you all we're gonna get up out of here for this episode of the spawn on me podcast we hopefully will see you here next week when we have more dopeness in store we're gonna be covering a lot of stuff in the next week with our friends over at fanbite lots of streams about e3 and summer games fest and also in a couple of weeks we're going to have the man, the myth, the legend, Tim Schaefer on the show, coming in and rocking with us uh, from uh, Double Find to talk about Psychonauts 2. So we have a lot of content around that in the next couple of weeks. So make sure you're here listening to the show uh, and give us some love. Support the show. Give us some money. Hang out with us. Subscribe. Do all that cool stuff. Hit the bell and all that kind of stuff. And I might see you and I might not. Wonderful. We'll see you all very soon. Much love to you all, Bukago. We'll see you. Peace. Peace. Stop recording. All right, fam. The chat is lit again. Thank you so much for being here again. You are brilliant. Uh, we're still streaming. So uh, just letting people know that we're getting up out of here. Any last things you want to share with chat before we dip? Um, yeah. Uh, earlier when you were, we were talking about adding value to like people's life. I mean, that's an example right there. Like you just proved my point. When you said you're going to have old boy from Double Fine on the show next week, that's yeah. value. You're giving insight into people on a game and stuff. So always focus on what type of value you can. You get the exclusive here on Spawn on Me. Always try to focus on what type of value you can add to people's lives and stuff like that. And also, turn your fucking lights off down, I mean, because like when the stream started, dude, you damn near blinded me. Um, when you were doing that little camera angle. Go ahead and do it again real quick where you pan oh, the on. camera. Oh, hold on. Yeah, let me see if, let me see if I can do it. It is. It is oh.
I think it shut off. This man hit us with a with a with a, with a Dragon Ball T and solar solar flash, bro. Well, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. I got the this the way the, the cameras are. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. I'm, I'm old. I'm old now. I'm 30 now. My eyes can't handle that shit. This motherfucker said I'm old now. I'm 30. Shut the hell up. Hey, <laughs> old. Shut the hell up. Talking about. I just, you to tell, I just wanted you to tell the chat you was old. I just wanted you to snitch on yourself. Yo, man. That's fine. I got <laughs> look. I got debt older than half the motherfuckers in this chat. It's okay. <laughs> it is totally fine. I will. I will uh, totally be fine with that. Yeah, it's a big ass light, and I didn't color correct for it when I put the thing together because I set up the stream about 10 minutes before you jumped on. Um, nah, so good. mad love to y'all again. Thank you, TBH, for, for rocking with us. We hope to get more GI folks on here, except for JG. Uh, we'll get everybody else on the show, except for JG. Uh, but that'll, that'll be the way it yeah, works. Yeah, because isn't, isn't this isn't this supposed to be a show that highlights mainly like people of color in the gaming space? True, 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 true. Yeah, true. I don't I don't know if you know, but JG did a ancestry test, and uh, he's twenty one percent European, so he can't be on the show. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> I knew it. I knew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's cool. JG coming back Algonquin. That's great. We we got it, and, and, and that's that's what winds up happening. So if you ever Exposed. hear us call him twenty one, if you ever hear us call him twenty one percent on the stream, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that side be flaring up. Doctor Umar but, uh, just side eyeing him every time he go on stream. I just get it. It's okay. Absolutely. Yo. But uh, I appreciate you having me on. I thought I'm about to go play Apex. Siggy, you in the chat? Apex time. Yeah, yeah. Get, get some games in. Again, uh, thank you so much for, for being here. Everybody in the chat, this is the stuff that you only get here. Uh, we got dope folks like TBH dropping jewels for everybody in the chat. So we're going to get up out of here. I'm going to go get some food and then go edit the show. Uh, and then we'll see you all on Friday with the, with the live show uh, and on the weekend and all that good stuff. And this will go up on Friday. And uh, YouTube will go up on Monday or Tuesday of next week. So uh, share it out if you're in the chat. Spread some love, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Much love to y'all. Peace.